0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Control Issues, episode 11. Man, it was such a good episode. Um, I had an incredible time sitting down with my dear friend, Shane Cole. Shane and I were acquaintances before through mutual friends, and I've always admired him and had a lot of respect for him, and um, I had a really great time getting to know him better. I feel like we became fast friends, and our conversations that followed after that, um, outside of the recording have been incredible and that's what this is all about, right? Connecting through vulnerability, um, being able to take in someone's experience, strength, and hope and to learn and grow from that and I hope that you all enjoy this episode as much as I did and continue to listen. Um, I went back to work in the office this week, um, you know, still maintaining social distancing um, but it definitely shifted my schedule a bit even with the limited traffic and so I will be Continuing taping episodes on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I do that Facebook Live, so find Control Issues on Facebook. Give it a like, give it a follow, and then you can tune in weekly with us, ask questions, bring feedback, help support your friends, yada, yada, yada. Um, And then the audio will be released wherever you can get your podcasts um, every Monday morning, you know midnight you can check it out on your drive to work um whether you're working from or if you're working from home excuse me um and we'll just you know keep doing that and see how it goes I appreciate everyone's flexibility with that you know I'm a human being and uh, life shows up uh, uh, which is funny because you know I love to control which is what all of this is about and kind of the uh, origins of this podcast um But it's been great i have really enjoyed everyone that i've sat down with so far during this quarantine we'll continue to do those uh the next episode is gonna be episode 12 and uh it's gonna be awesome because i'm gonna have a friend on from another part of the country so utilizing the ability to connect with folks in different areas because of the internet and technology and to embracing or excuse me embracing God bless. I can't talk. I think I can do this. And then I always have at least one or two jumbles, Um, but embracing the ability to connect over the internet. So I'll have on a good friend of mine that's coming in from Arizona. Well, coming in via the interwebs. Um, So hopefully you'll tune in for that. And you can get updates about the podcast um, either on that Facebook page for Control Issues or on Control Issues' Instagram at Control Issues 19. If you would like to suggest some topics, suggest a person to be on, um, volunteer to be on yourself, do not hesitate to reach out to me via Facebook, DM me on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email at controlissues19 at gmail.com. I welcome feedback. Um, I welcome whatever you have to say. It's going to be great. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoy the the ill-timed meows from my cats in my house, Um, but it's a good listen. So stay tuned and definitely tune in again next week. Thanks, guys. Cannot believe it's already episode 11. I feel like it's been a long time coming, but also these last few episodes have flown by. I'd like to go ahead and thank everyone that's here joining us on Facebook Live tonight. This episode is being taped Facebook Live. Um, I have the lovely Shane Cole with me, and it's going to be a great time. So if you're not currently following Control Issues on Facebook, please feel free to Control for Google search, whatever control issues, um, on Facebook, give it a little like, And then follow the page as well. And what that will do is give you updates on when we go live. You can see all the pretty inspirational posts that I try and uh, inspire people with. And stay updated. And just for a little reminder, this is Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I went back to work this week, still figuring things out time-wise. So I had to shift days and times. So I really appreciate that. And hopefully this will give people an opportunity to join us as it's a little bit more of a convenient time for folks, especially with our state you know, out of shelter in place, people are going back to work. So I have the lovely Shane Cole with me. He has joined me from his home, you know, gotta respect social distancing. So Shane, you're an incredible Uh, person, but why don't you tell, tell the masses a little bit about you, give us the reader's digest of who you are and uh, then we'll get it going.
1: Oh, wow. Um, Well, I appreciate the introduction as the lovely Shane Cole, because that's, a first. So that's fantastic. Um, we'll a little keep bit the
0: about boy Shane for later. Okay. <laughs>
1: right, right, right. We'll, we'll keep that. Exactly. That's what my friends know about me specifically. No, but I mean, you know, I'm in long-term recovery, you know, okay. uh, I, you know, let's see what identifies me. This question's kind of throwing me off, but a little <laughs> bit about me readers digest version. Um, I like long walks on the beach and finger painting. Uh, no, I mean, I just, I work in recovery. You know, I'm a person in recovery. Uh, I kind of really, you know, pursue that in terms of like, you know, going to meetings, making that a part of my lifestyle, Um, trying to help others be a service, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm 34 years old, just turned 34. Really?
0: That is shocking to me. Um, I thought you were like 28 to 30. That was, that was my range of how old I thought you were. Well, look at you when you're 40. Yeah. You look great. Um, so 34, where are you from?
1: I'm actually from Atlanta, Georgia. So oh, I grew really? up. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean not Atlanta itself, but I grew up in Kennesaw. So okay. I'm one of those people who lives outside of Atlanta, but claim Atlanta, but this right. is my, this is my hometown. I live in North Atlanta. Um, you know, I, Graduated Kennesaw Mountain High School in 2004 by the skin of my teeth. Um, (laughs) I later went to Kennesaw State, um, you know, dropped out of school to pursue my passion. I I lucked out pretty early, though. Like I found out the things I was really passionate about in my 20s -hmm. and just, you know, went all in with that. I was like, look, I'll get paid to do this if I keep showing up. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been my mindset now. That being said, I've had some really shit jobs in the past, but
0: haven't we you know. all?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: So, exactly. for those of you who are listening, who are not from Georgia, um, every one of us, including the IT peers, which means inside the perimeter, uh, says we're from Atlanta because it's just easier that way. Um, but for reference, like Kennesaw is like what, 40, 30 minutes outside of the city. Um, I live in Sandy Springs, but I grew up in Atlanta, but I really grew up in Johns Creek. Uh right. So you said you're in long-term recovery. How long have you been sober?
1: Okay. So uh, I just had, well, two years, right? Okay. Um, on the 25th of April was my two-year mark. But I first came into recovery in 2000 and, well, 2006. Okay. So, yeah. Um, that was my first clean take, clean date. And uh, I was, you know, in meetings and, and clean and sober for almost eight years And then I decided to go get some more education. Um,
0: (laughs) Go do a little more experimenting.
1: Well, and that was it. Like I, I first, uh, I I got clean when I was, you know, 20 years old Yeah, and I didn't just like roll out of bed, like out of good merit, like, man, I'm going to change my life. You know what I mean? Like I want to practice spiritual principles and change my life. That was not the goal. I had robbed two pharmacies with a hairbrush. Um, (laughs) Okay. This is back when. OCs were a thing. Shout out. The original OC 80s. Yeah. So I was on a mission, you know, I'd watched a movie drugstore cowboy and I was like, yeah, I can do that. Um, So I wound up um, having to face the consequences of what I Mm -hmm. did and went to treatment. Well, actually first went to jail for a few months. Then I got released from jail, going to treatment. And, uh, you know, after like 10 months in a treatment center in South Georgia, I came home and just like something clicked, like I wanted to be in recovery. I enjoyed meetings. I found freedom. I worked the steps and my life was getting a lot better. I went back to school um, and then I had to face, you know, the consequences of my past. Right. Like, yeah. um, so I had a lot of gratitude, like walking in to face those, but like, that's what got me into recovery first, like getting into trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I had about two years clean, then I had to go, you know, you know, clean up the wreckage of my past. So I showed up to court and, uh, you know, got sentenced, you know, they were recommending 20 to eight years because armed robbery in Georgia is like a 10 year sentence. Yeah.
0: No matter what the, what you're armed with, right. Regardless of if it actually is a weapon, um, if it's a hairbrush, it still counts because you have tried to make it look like you were armed. So you got, what did you end up getting sentenced for or with so, Excuse me. how much time?
1: Yeah, I was, I was a violent criminal. So they, yeah, I, <laughs> I had a hairbrush. I literally, when they gave me, I was so sick when they gave me the OCs. I was like, thank you. And then I ran.
0: Right. Um,
1: so, yeah, I wound up getting sentenced. Uh, well, they were recommending 20 to eight years. I did. I got 10 to four years. Okay. And like one of the big like spiritual moments where I was like, oh, God it is real. Like was when I went to court because I thought some of my homies would show up like. Friends in recovery, sponsee brothers, um, you know, just people I met in recovery were going to show up for me because I had what was called a bench trial.
0: Right. So, so no jury, the,
1: no jury. Just went in front of the judge. I was like, look, I did what I did. You got me, please have mercy. And, uh, that's, you know, that was kind of the game plan. And, uh, when I arrived, I thought maybe 10 of my friends would show up. And what happened was like 50 people from the program showed up on wow. Monday. And, uh, you know, they made an adjustment. They're like, we're not going to give them 20 to eight. They dropped it to robbery. They gave mm-hmm. me 10 to serve four years. And I had so much gratitude. I was like going into the jail cell, like, let me tell you how good God is. Like I just got right. four years on the sentence. Right. Um, this will take up the whole podcast to tell <laughs> that piece, but right. I wound up only having to do two years.
0: Wow. Um, and
1: okay. I, I wound up making some amends. Like I got to go speak at schools and do like. Um, some like like fake ass scared straight stuff with kids and stuff.
0: <laughs> Which uh, that show mostly is fake. It is still scary right. to go to jail and prison, but like they they turn it up a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. So, I was like, hold my pocket. No, like, no, <laughs> no I, wasn't, I wasn't doing that. I was like, who okay.
0: likes peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? They're like, yeah. I was like, how about every day? And then, yeah. Like, or bologna, right? And no yeah. mayo, folks. Okay. Um, So when you talked about like all those people showing up for you in court, I think that's a true testament to this program of recovery, right? The like right now, there's some people on here that are huge fans of yours, right? Like I, too, am a fan of Shane Cole. And like, but that is a testament to what recovery is. Um, I have an ex who had to serve some time uh, after he was sober. And. I think a lot of what, well, it's just a small piece of what helped him. He did a lot of work to get a lower sentence, um, but people showed up and he was kind of surprised. And I was kind of surprised because people didn't have to, right? And that's a lot of what this program is, is continuing to show up for other people when you don't have to. And when it sucks, right? I don't want to answer the phone for sponsees. I don't want (laughs) to show up to court in Forsyth County at eight o'clock in the morning. That means I've gotten my butt out of bed at five o'clock, right? Um, Because God forbid you get anywhere in Atlanta in under an hour, right? Um, Shout out to quarantine traffic because my work commute has been beautiful. But so people showing up, right? And the people who are showing up for you today on this Facebook Live is a true testament of like how the program works and also like how fast friendships happen. Because, you know, your BFFs, the Stones, you have only been friends with them for a short period of time, right?
1: Right at like a year. Um, Okay. Shout out both the stone brothers. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh, yeah. Those guys are like, they're my tribe. Like I told, uh, I told them both this, but like before they came up here, so like I'm a retread, right. So like I had had a bunch of time and I'm coming back to recovery and I got clean young. And when I came back, like I surrounded myself with young people okay, because you can't tell me anything. Like I have more life experience than you and I've had, and my giant ego is like, I've had more time than you. Mm -hmm. So like, I was like faking it. Like I was just showing up I had a sponsor. I was around, but like, I wasn't connecting with people or had anyone that I can consider peers. Not that young people can't tell me anything. I just had,
0: That was your your perspective on it, right? Your Uh,
1: yeah, and it was like my brain was tricking itself. Like, and me and Jared talk about this. My brain has been trying to kill me for a long time. So, like, I was falling victim to like I'm doing all the things. I'm good, but um, I just didn't have like close peers, like people who I could connect with and uh, have empathy with and share, you know, this common bond. And identification is important. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Like oh, it's yeah. so important to qualify yourself and like, no, like we're kind of cut from the same cloth or we come from different backgrounds, but we've done some of the same stuff. And um, you know, when I met um, you know, both Jesse and Jared, I was like, Oh man, these guys right here, you know, Mark included like those, when right. they, they get out Al- Alex as well. Like when they came up uh, my Florida people, when they moved up here, Um, I was like, man, this is my, this is my tribe. Like, these are people that I can really connect with. And, um, you know, it, it's fast friendship. And now I have this, you know, the albatross of friendship that is Jared Stone. Um,
0: and it's, you know,
1: he's the brother I didn't ask for. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Right. but but an awesome situation, right? And like and that's true. The albatross. Um, if anyone is uh was here last week, you got to meet the lovely, uh Jarrett Stone. And then the audio will be coming out tomorrow on Wednesday, May the sixth. Um, if you didn't get an opportunity to be here for the live portion, um, he's a big personality. I think that's why I click with him. I think, um, you're not super in your face with your personality, but when you speak, it's it's like. It, intense and i that's why i love it and i connect with people like that it's kind of like what you were just talking about with the the principal principles over personalities right like we could have walked totally separate paths we could have grown up differently we could have different color hair we could do whatever but that stuff is inconsequential if we all have the same disease of alcoholism and you could be an alcoholic or an addict it's you know a carrot and a vegetable um but like you're talking about identity is really important and this is going to sound so weird but hear me out for a second. Like <laughs> so I'm a natural blonde, then I used to dye my hair red for a long time and I recently have been dyeing my hair different colors purple. And it seems weird but I finally feel like I identify with who I am because I'm not shoved in this box of what I thought other people wanted me to be. Um but as I identify with other people like Yeah. If you got a bunch of tattoos, I'm probably going to vibe with you because we have similar interests. And so those are very face level versions of identity, right? Where when we are, you and me are talking about identity, we're talking about things that have to do with alcoholism and addiction. Um, But it's kind of that concept of like, Initially coming in, it's important to be able to identify with people. That's why different fellowships function really well because someone may be able to initially identify. I think with time, people start to not care as much about the war stories. Um, but if you're a newcomer, like you might not connect to someone who's you know shot dope because you're just an alcoholic, or vice versa, right? Um, so you have this awesome tribe. All these transplants from Florida—they came in like kudzu, right? Um, yeah. And it's great. And you guys all all work together too, right? Or like some form of fashion?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, well, when I was, so we, I talked about finding my passion early, like what I really like to do. Um, I had this idea that part of like my story of leaving recovery was I got everything I ever wanted, like the house, the picket fence, the car, the two dogs, the girl, the baby, the business. So, um, I, you know, found that I liked martial arts and had a stake in this, this gym that I was doing. And I was teaching jujitsu and boxing and, you know um, just, that was my identity. So when I, you know, got clean again and I was coming back to recovery, I had this goal. I was like, I've got to get back to that. Like if I can get back, if I can clean up my face in that community and maybe compete again and, you know, teach jujitsu or boxing or something like that, I'll be good. And uh, I felt this huge, (laughs) <laughs> let down when I got what I wanted. Cause I okay. did, I got back to it. And, uh, you know, it just, it's the disease of like, I'll be happy when,
0: you oh. know, like
1: I'll be, I'll be happy when, and just like drawing a line in the sand. Like I refuse to enjoy any good thing in my life until I get what I want, like a child. And that's what I had done. And they, you know, I think Jesse and Jared had approached me, um, when they, you know, right after they got here, like I'd celebrated my first year clean, actually. It was like right okay. around this time I'd celebrated my first year clean again. Right. And, uh, a lot of people showed up to my celebration and they were there and I'd already made those connections with them. And they were like, Oh, he's the King of NA or some shit. And I was like, <laughs> right. Was like, I'm the pariah, you know? Um, but that have, a, I'm, I'm well loved, you know, I've, I've got good friends and, uh, they're like, yeah, man, like you would do, we think you would do wellness. Um, position, like, you know, not necessarily a position They're Like you should come work with us. Like, okay. you know, we're working in treatment, you know, there's an opportunity here for you. You have the gift of gab, that kind of thing. And you're personable. And, uh, you know, we think you pick up quickly and, uh, yeah, it's been great ever since. Like, I mean, it's fantastic. I work with dear friends of mine and,
0: and cute uh, puppies.
1: Oh yeah. Cute puppies. Shout out Maybell. She is, uh, the she's a therapy dog at Atlanta Detox Center. She's my happily ever after It's my future right there. So I love
0: it. Well, that's um, really. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mm-mm.
1: That's it. I rambled enough about that. But yeah, they they brought me into this. So I didn't really seek this out. And that's like every good thing in my life. Mm. It's not ever me forcing something. It's an opportunity opening.
0: Right. And it's
1: funny because I still I'm like Lieutenant Dan with God. Like I still yell at mm. this guy like, what the f- fuck. Like, it's not that I don't believe. I was just like, you have explaining to do. So right. it's funny that I still have those feelings towards God and you know, every good thing can be attributed to higher power. So.
0: Well, and God can take it, right? At least my conception of God. I think that a meaningful relationship, including one that's with another human being, is not sunshine and roses. And it isn't like, oh, dear God, I love absolutely everything that happened today. And if you're at that point in your life, fuck yeah, I can't wait to be there. But for me, I still get mad at God. Like, um, things aren't going my way because there's plenty of times where I forget the fact that when I let go, he seems to put things in my life that are perfect. And like you were talking about, right? Like he puts those things into your life, whether or not you think they're what they're going to be. I I had this conversation with someone four hours ago. Yeah. Four. I was trying to do math. Math is hard. People (laughs) on this know I suck at arithmetic, but I was messaging a friend of mine and about a situation that's going on in my personal life where I've been feeling like kind of frustrated. And I was like, I feel like everyone else's lives are passing me by. Everybody else has the significant other. Everyone else has the house. Everyone else has the this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, someone told me recently, like, well, God is preparing for you the perfect thing. And she's right. But I don't want to hear that. Right. So I was bitching. And then I had to take a step back and kind of process of like, It's going to happen in his timing and it's going to be perfect regardless if it's what I think it is going to be, right? Um, There's a potentially an opportunity for something new for me to do work atmosphere. And so that could be really cool. That could be what it is or who knows, right? Like I could end up with a third cat. That could be what it is. But it's not my job to decide. And if it is, I have 25 years of anecdotal proof that that doesn't go so well. Um, So to touch on a little bit of a topic that I really would like to hear about is, so you came back from a relapse after having a ton of time, right? Do you feel like you were able to use from your past the things that you had learned previously in recovery, or do you feel like any of that kind of held you back? Like you rested on your laurels a little bit, like, well, I already know. I had eight years, like close to eight. What, what impact did that have coming back in with a ton of time before?
1: I mean, so it's, people say it's the last house on the block. So like I knew where to go back to, but that didn't save me. So, um, I tried. So I had, I had the one white chip or my fellowship key tag. Um, (laughs) We do key tags in mine too. Okay, good. I qualify in all fellowships and lately I've been hitting a lot of different ones, but specifically I had this one white key tag and coming back. I was like, okay, I'll go back. And I bumped my head over and over and over again. And I wanted to, if you hook me up to a lie detector test, I would have passed it. Like I have a daughter. I want to be clean. I have cried while putting a needle in my arm. And that's not to be melodramatic. That's to be like, I didn't think I would be there.
0: Right. Yeah. uh,
1: Praying to a God that I didn't know was, it didn't know if he was listening, felt like a fucking dead power line. Mm. I was like, what have I done? I've broken this. It doesn't work anymore. And then I would go back to meetings. Like it was bad. It was bad trying to come back. Like I just, (sighs) I couldn't get it. Um, So like I knew where to go you know, and I knew what the steps look like. Here's the thing. Like <clears throat> i would worked the steps and experienced the psychic change. I'd experienced um, this spiritual awakening right. and had this great, wonderful relationship with a higher power and lived the life of service. But one thing that they mentioned that I feel like doesn't get talked about enough is that this is like just for today. Like mm-hmm. you have a daily reprieve, right? Like I had this daily reprieve. It's just for today. And I'm not fucking drug proof. Right. And they would, I thought it was a scare tactic. Like the disease is progressive. What well, fucking was, you know, when I was 20 years old snorting oxys and doing crazy shit with, and you know, poly substance user, but not as bad off as when I was smoking crack and shooting dope in the worst part of town walking around, like I belong there. Right. You know, um, I had no, like, uh, <laughs> I just had no like self preservation switch, you know, it was really bad. And, uh, it was devastating and I was just, yeah, I was stuck. So coming back, uh, you know, it was, it was difficult in a sense is that like, I did think I knew, like when I say, I know it means I'm not listening.
0: Yeah. Okay. I
1: have no open-mindedness. You know, it's what I hate when people do that. When I'm saying something, they're like, oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm like, you fucking missed the mark. <laughs> right. Like, that's a way to trigger me to be like, you're not fucking listening to what I'm saying. And, um, you know, I was very guilty of that. Like what? And that would, that sucked too. Going back to meetings and old timers I've known for years, I've Mm -hmm. been to their fucking weddings and met my child. Like they, they were like, well, you know what to do. I was like, I fucking can't, I can't not do it. Like this, they and those sayings that like are cheesy, like the space from the head to the heart is so far. Like Mm -hmm. I knew what to do, but I just could not get out of my own fucking way. And, uh, I'll put to you like this. I had a, my, one of my sponsors, I would work for him. And I think someone had mentioned, like, I I have this joke with everybody. Like I kind of like I'm unapologetically me. And if I get on my high horse, I'll die on any Hill. Mm -hmm. I always say dumb shit. I'm like, I'll go fucking swing a hammer. Like if I get fed (laughs) up with some work shit, I'm like, I'll just go swing a hammer. Cause like I used to do carpentry Mm -hmm. and uh, when I was a junkie, climbing ladders and my blood pressure all over the place. I'm like, I
0: love it. Well, I work in construction, so I love it. I think that's great. I had no idea. I feel like I'm learning so much about you. Like if I give away a little bit of my secrets about this, I I have guests on that. I know a lot of the answers that are going to come because I love hearing it and I want everyone else to hear the same messages that I've heard from them. This is such a cool experience to like, I didn't know you work in carpentry. Like, honestly, I can't wait for after this so we can talk about things in a different right. level. Um So I love that saying that you, I don't know if it's yours or if you stole it from someone, but I'm going to steal it where you said, if I say, I know I'm not listening because I I know there's at least three people on here watching this who know that I am a know-it-all, right? And it's my, one of my biggest downfalls. And I've been working really hard in the last year to try and have a better listening ear and take from people what they have to give because I don't know it all. And God continuously reminds me of that to be like, Oh, you think you know how to do this podcast? Cool. Well, last week, my, my, um, my sound didn't work. Um, and then like today, a time something happened at work where like I got my ass handed to me, not too bad, but like I was reminded, Oh, I don't actually know that. I do know what a two by four is, but not some other wood stuff. But (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so you've kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, so you have a daughter. How old is she? I,
1: I do have a daughter. Uh, she will be five in July 3rd. Oh. So, yeah. yeah, she her name's Harper. She's amazing. Um, most of my social media is just, like, work stuff and pictures of her or mm-hmm. stuff with my friends. But, like, she's, you know, she's amazing. She's so sweet. She's, like, the best. So, and I'll be cheesy for me. I'll be a dad. So I like it. people always told me they're like, Oh, your world will change. And for some people it doesn't, some people are just deadbeats all the time. But like, I remember when my daughter was born, it was like the scariest day of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, her mom's life. Um, cause there were some complications at birth, but it was the most exciting day too. in one day, like the full spectrum of like how terrifying that the person that I love so much is in danger. And also my unborn child is in danger, but the reward of like, you know, I'm going to be a dad. Right. And uh, when she was born um, she, you know, I, I they did this emergency C-section and like um, you know, her mom was okay. And I walked over to the incubator and I was like, can I, Can I touch her? And I'm like, of course you can. I was like, so my daughter's right there. And she like reached up and she grabs my finger. And I swear to you, like some like real Disney movie shit, like time fucking stopped. Like the world was black and white and I didn't realize it. And then it was color. Mm -hmm. And like, I felt it was like the Grinch. My heart just like grew. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit. Like I can love something this much. And uh, yeah. So she's like the very best thing. You know, she's also a little dictator now. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen Moana a million times. I've seen frozen a million times. I'm forced to watch spirit and boss baby and shit like that. When she comes over and course, she eats all the. you
0: should be grateful to watch those wonderful cinematic or cinematography, whatever. Oh
1: yeah. Th- no, that's great cinema. But when she's like in public singing, I can be the perfect daughter as loud as she can. Yeah. I'm like, you understand you're not being the perfect daughter we are not the perfect daughter right now, but it's cute. I like it. It's like a great problem to have.
0: Your daughter um, is five and I'm 28 and we have the same interest. This is wonderful. I love it. Um, I'm oh, yeah. a huge Disney fanatic. I mean, if you're looking, my arm is covered in Disney stuff. Um, we actually, I spent some time with some friends last night. We tried to stargaze for a meteor shower and we couldn't see anything because Atlanta has too many lights and there are clouds. Um, but we brought up the topic of like, what Disney character would you be? And while I don't, I didn't want this one, but people said I would be Mulan. And I think that's great um, because she stands up for what she believes in. She fights and she's badass, right? I'm kind of badass. Um, (laughs) But I loved how they said that uh, you and Jarrett are Shrek and donkey. And that could not be more true. Right. Not only are you guys BFFs, but also I think there's a lot to be said for, um, Shrek being like he compares in the movie to an onion. Like your personality is definitely like you have to peel back the layers. Right. So do you relate to Shrek at all? Or do, is that something <laughs> you've embraced with, uh, with us all talking about it?
1: No, I I've embraced cause you guys have talked about it. I'm, I'm top heavy like Shrek, uh, <laughs> You know, my ears protrude from my head. That's mainly from wrestling and cauliflower. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm kind of an ogre. You know, Um, I prefer to stay in my swamp and not have to do things. I love isolating. Um, You know, Jarrett forces me out. He's donkey.
0: 100%.
1: He's period. He's donkey. And that's not a racial thing, it's just his, his personality and me trying to just live my happy little existence with my earwax candles. And, you know, whatever the hell I have going on, you know. So, yeah, I kind of identify. I'm being forced into the Shrek role, but it's, it's you know, I can't. It's a losing battle to fight against it. But, uh, yeah, the onions, layers, you know, the whole misunderstood ogre concept, you know. Right. Sure.
0: Well, and I'm being forced into Mulan. I wanted everyone to say that I was Jasmine, but that didn't happen because it's it's not. I You know
1: what? When you posted that the other day, I thought Jasmine. When I was looking at him, I read Right. And I'm ashamed to admit this in public, but I was like, cause I know all of them. So I'm like, of okay. Course. I was like, what's Zora's personality. And I was going to say Jasmine. I was like, I'm not going to be caught commenting under this Disney fucking <laughs> what sandwich am I post. Right. So I, I draw the, I have, you know, I have a boundary. So well, like, we mm. all have to I'll have them. You know.
0: Right. Some of us are, you know, willing to do, there's different things we're interested in. Right. And I'm a full on small child. I'm eight at heart. Um, But I think there's something to be said for, like, that, like, my comparison for you to Shrek doesn't as much have to do with your size. You are a very tall man, right? And um, you do like to isolate. These are things that I know about you. But also... I think Shrek's character is awesome because he has this kind of like outside exterior. That's what he lets people see. But once you get to know him, he's incredible, right? Like I I called (laughs) you incredible at the beginning. And I mean that because we kind of um, have bonded by proxy of me being closer to other people that are in your life. And then we had this sage sesh where we all gassed each other up and got to know each other. It was so uncomfortable, but it was really cool. And like some of those layers got peeled back and people call you sad boy Shane, but I think there's a lot more to you and that's how Shrek is. You know, there's a lot more to be said for that. And I mean, I always see you with a smile on your face. So I don't know where the sad boy Shane stuff comes from, but, um,
1: it's the I really see- close people. They're the ones who know like how, cause I'm very good at projecting mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I like to be okay. And I like to project that, but I like, I'm, I have clinical depression that doesn't give a fuck how good my, my life is or how if there's a comma in my bank account or if my daughter loves me, it doesn't care about any of that stuff. It's just like, Hey dude, I exist. It, it's a, I tell people it's like a volume knob and okay. when it's okay, the volume's really low. I can still hear it.
0: Okay. And then
1: when it's on, it's like, it's fucking on, you know?
0: So, yeah. Like frozen. I can hear you, but I won't. Right. (laughs) Sorry. I can't help myself. Um, this is why I'm single, but anyway, so (laughs) do you feel like, um, some of that projection or maybe presenting as, um, being super bubbly and happy comes from working in recovery? Cause I feel like it might, I don't know, just maybe my perception. I don't work in recovery. Like I said, I work in construction. Um, is that have anything to do with it or is it just what you put on for everybody?
1: Um, you're going to hate me. I have to plug in my laptop. So we're going to move. We're going to move. So we're
0: going to be moving.
1: So repeat your question. If,
0: okay. okay. So yeah. when you work in recovery, you know, you're the, you're what people look up to and you, and feel, you feel like, like you, you, you ever, ever have, have to have present you. an image of being a certain way, a happy, mm-hmm. happy, yada, 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 sure. because you work sure. in recovery or is it just a general, like, I feel like I have to present myself regardless.
1: Um, working in recovery in my particular role, I think there's some pressure to like keep a good face, you know, so especially during certain hours when I have meetings, um, but cool. It just depends on like what's actually happening. You know, if I'm actually going, uh, to meet with a client in crisis and I'm helping them get into treatment, which is like my favorite part of my job. That's never a problem because I can be raw if I want to, you know, Um, that's fantastic. It's, oh yeah. It's way better to to be able to find someone at their own level
0: Mm -hmm. and,
1: hold oh, just a moment because if my good. laptop dies, this is Dada.
0: Yeah. Shane's going to disappear visually for just a second and it's totally fine. Um, this is the joy of doing technology, right? Like last week, which I guess was actually with Kim. I said it was Jared. I can't keep up anymore. Going back to work through me. I got a little too comf- comfortable working in my PJs in quarantine, but You know, technology happens, there's always gonna be stuff, and it's totally fine. It provides for a little extra excitement with things, right? So yeah, keep it
1: real, just like I do with the clients. Oh, segue back to what we're talking about. No, there's there's no pressure when I'm talking um, to a client because that's like you know, a little easier for me, or um I'm I like being able to match energy or empathize with somebody.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: but having to present myself like at work, if I'm depressed or like have to go into a professional setting when I'm depressed. Yeah. There's some pressure there, but like, you know, I understand I'm going to have like not bad days, but I'm going to have those days where that volume's loud. Mm -hmm. And luckily i you know, my work's super understanding, you know, I can tell them like, Hey, I need a mental health day, you know, and they'll encourage me to do that. Like, um, they recognize that a lot of the people I work with are in recovery, you know, they see what that looks like. You know, I think people who, you know, work in my position, there's kind of a higher risk of like burning yourself out or like taking on too much. And like self-care is super important. You know, um, Jarrett has like been one of those people who's like, Hey man, you need to follow through with the things that support having like, you know, good mental health you know, like he has been doing. And like my other friends, you know, Jesse and Mark, they all kind of circle around and encourage that, you know, I work with Troy. He's same thing. He's like, look, man, this is, it's imperative you do that. So like, it's never too much, you know, I don't feel like that pressure to be any which way. And I have no problem going to a meeting and like either sharing where I'm at and just being honest or having a few people in my life that I can just call them be like, Hey, like, Um, I want to use, you know, I I look, I've not lost a desire. Um, Okay. I've lost it for extended periods of time. And, you know, I've lost a desire to use for weeks or months, this go around, but it's been very loud, especially lately, Mm
0: -hmm. you know? And,
1: uh, I just, I give, I I give breath to it and then find some solution from that because I don't want to use, because I do recognize my life's at stake and I have a, a life worth living. So, um, There's no reality in which I start using again and have all the good things in my life.
0: Right. Well, and it's like the first step, right, is recognizing that you have a problem and facing it head on. If you cannot recognize that your mental health is askew, um, then you can't face it head on. And then it becomes a problem or, you know, insert whatever cliche about it, doing push ups in the background. And that's when you get hit in the face with way bigger things. And it's very hard. probably in different atmospheres, like you have a lot of support at your work. But like my work, I don't get like, well, my boss is my cousin. But still, like, for the most part, it's sometimes very hard and people have so much shame and guilt um, around this idea that like mental health, right? And I think some of the strongest people that I know say, yeah, I have depression. Yeah, I'm bipolar. Yeah, I have borderline personality disorder. Yeah, I'm just a batshit crazy woman, right? Like whatever it is, um, those people are strong because they're fighting it. I have yet to meet someone who's willing to accept the problem and then fight it that doesn't come out on a better end, usually takes some hard and nasty growth and some uncomfortability. But When you don't recognize a problem, you haven't even started. You haven't taken that first step literally and physically. Um, You know, we talked about before this started that shame is the, you know, the swamp of the soul or I don't remember what I quoted. I wrote it down. But, (laughs) uh, you know, shame is hard. And. It can be even harder to then forego that shame to talk about things. So I think it's incredible you're open and honest about it, even if people poke fun to say like, oh, you're sad boy, Shane. Um, But then in my experience, once you're open about it, other people feel comfortable to say, hey, I'm depressed. How do you handle this? Right. How do I get into therapy? How do I go punch shit. I don't know. That would work. That works for me. Right. Like, sure. and I would think it would work for you. Maybe it's cathartic. And as long as you're not like beating the shit out of someone, just like, you know, punching a punch. In punch <laughs> um, I had to clarify cause I'm not trying to kill. No, 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 no. I'm
1: not a violent person. I like, I really enjoy the outlet of like a lot of people like say exercise, like physical activity for me is something that really helps with that. Mm-hmm. Um, You know just like those kinds of like self-care is it's more than just like you know obviously like if there's mental health issues for myself like seeing a therapist getting help i need to be medicated there are things that i carried from my past that i think people have misunderstandings about like you know uh, medicine or you know treatment for that but like i spent a long time trying to like self-medicate um my depression you know um prior to me picking up a needle you know, after that time, I went into a deep depression where I could like, I couldn't get out of bed. And it's not to be dramatic, like depression, something that gets thrown around a lot, like people are like, Oh, I'm depressed, you know, Um, and I've been sad about situations. But like depression, like the depression that I have is more than my sadness, you know, transcribed to whatever scenario it is. Mm-hmm. So like the sad boy shit is like, you. we, we mentioned the swamp earlier, we we're talking about Shrek, like, I have a joke with, with Jared and like some of my friends, like talking about the swamp of sorrows, like, which is never a story. And that is where I became a heroin addict. Mm-hmm. When I saw Atrix, he couldn't think one happy thought and he died. And that, yeah. but, but I mean, like, that's where I get stuck. And I get stuck in this like swamp of like, you know, depression and sorrows and like, you know, it kind of, it that will die in the light. Like if I give breath to it and I speak on it, and, uh, then I have to take action and seek some help or try something different. Um, but even like you said, like hitting something, like I, I used to do martial arts and that carried me some of the best times of my life and in my recovery was when I was balancing, balancing recovery and martial arts, physical activity, you know, self-care and like, I had this nice, you know, balance and I have some experience on what that looks like. So I don't even have to like listen to anyone in a meeting telling me like, Hey, if this is what I did. It's like, dude, I have my own, um, experience to go from and and my own evidence that like, if I do some things in my life that are uncomfortable right now, there's this, this huge reward, you know, followed by peace. And that's what I really want.
0: Right. We're always searching for that peace, right? Like searching for, for that first high or, you know, that experience. Like I think lately I've been searching for like the experience of my first year in recovery. Cause now I have a life and it's wonderful, right? Like Rick, I'm, I'm not ungrateful for it at all. I am very grateful for my life, but it looks different now and there's more things and I'm expected to know more, you know, like it was a little bit more acceptable. I put that in air quotes, you know, if I flew off the handle at something because I was still learning how to be sober, I still had to make amends and do the right thing with it. But now there's like, you know, when I call my sponsor, she knows I know what I'm supposed to do. Um, I'm not perfect. I still get mad. People still hurt my feelings. I still hurt people's feelings, you know? Um, and so it just like, that's kind of been my situation. This last year has been so much like, I'm like a spiral inside of my body of inner struggle. Um, but that's good. Cause that means it's growth, you know? Um, when I'm comfortable, that's when I get a little nervous. <laughs> um, so I ask everyone this question and as we, um, end right before we do talk a little bit longer, um, if you could give one piece of wisdom to those who are listening, um, that's something that is either aiding you in your growth right now or something that you've learned through this program, just like one little nugget that you could spread to the world from Shane Cole. Is there that's a lot nugget? of pressure? <laughs> Sorry. That's what I tried Let's to talk. Boil really down all my life
1: experience. to one,
0: yeah, one thing you thing you've got going on right now, right? Like I, if you asked me this question in a year, I would have a different answer than right now. Um, okay. so there's no wrong answer.
1: So right now, like based on current events of the world and like what you can do is like, you know, just be good to people around you and connect mm-hmm. with them. So it doesn't have to be like, I have friends, I talked to, uh, my sponsor brother earlier, which we haven't talked in a while. And mm-hmm. we both laugh about, we have, we basically play chicken on how long each of us cannot call our sponsor. It's a really fun game. I don't suggest anyone do it. It might get you high, but right. we do it a lot, but I lean heavy on the people in my life. You know, um, one thing I've learned in recovery is like how to build and like, and not like put all my eggs in that basket of this one person. Right. Yes. I have this, this not revolving door, but like some people are in their life for a season and it's okay. I don't have to hate them for it.
0: Right. I want to
1: bring it back to that. Like bring it back to like my daughter. Like I couldn't live without her mom. You know, Mm -hmm. I shot dope at her. I was like, Oh, I lost my happy ever after. And now we're like, we have a great co-parent relationship. It's fantastic. Like, here's the thing. Life is short. I'll I'll end it with this. Life is short, but life is also long. So you know what I mean?
0: quite the paradox but it's so true you know um i love that and and you kept it very simple right like it you really just like make connections and um and it's hard i have to walk up to people and be like hey, my sponsor said that I like need more women's phone numbers. Um, And then it's awkward, but we all had to do it at one point in time. So it's funny because I'll see the newer people come up and do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. And it's the same way that someone responded to me when I was newer. But I still do it because I am always forming connections with people. Um, And those connections help because My sponsor can't answer the phone every single minute of every day. I can't answer the phone every single minute of every day. And it's important to have that network. And I think it's great what you said about, you know, everything. I have loved this entire conversation. So as we, we, and we have so much more to talk about. I can't wait. I need to start doing follow-up episodes of people because we could go on for hours. But, um, Before we end, um, and I do my little announcements bit, you want to plug where you work because this is a perfect avenue to do so.
1: Sure. Why not? Um, Yeah, I work for Amidus Recovery Centers. So we have a detox that I work for, detox and mental health residential program. And then I have a PHP and IOP, which is like that step town level of care. So the way I work is I connect with like other providers, which is, you know, It's a great part of the job. It's something that I really enjoy. Um, But what I really love to do is show up for people in crisis. So I'm accessible. If you see me on this and you friend me on Facebook, friend, family member, whoever it is, they need help. Like if I can't get them help and insurance is a barrier, I will find them help wherever they can. You know, um, I know the state run facility. I aged out of insurance a while ago. Like I said, don't let this cool hair fool you. I'm 34 (laughs) years old. So I, I know all the, the great resources that I could, you know, get someone help and based on someone's willingness is how I like to show up. Um, so no, I've worked for fantastic people. I like guess the it's so awesome to like be involved, like from a ground level and know our clinical directors and like know the people there and know the people getting help there. Mm-hmm. And then when someone does reach out from my past and they're able to get help there, like that's dude, that carries me for however long I need to do this, you know? Right.
0: Comes full circle. Well, thank you so much for being here and sitting down with me. And um, I'm incredibly grateful. I guess incredible is my word of the day Um, for all the folks that came and hung out with us during this Facebook live. Lots of wonderful people on here um, that are very big fans. We all are fans of Shane Cole. Um, So lovely. (laughs) You are so lovely and so humble. Um, So thank you so much, everyone who joined. Uh, This will continue to happen every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, and we go Facebook live which you can find the Facebook live video via the control issues control issues Facebook page I will say that slower Um, like it follow it follow control issues on Instagram at control issues 19 you can send me an email at control issues 19 at gmail.com if you'd like to suggest someone to be on this show Um, if you'd like to provide some feedback unless it's about my hair you can fuck right off with that shit (laughs) To the person that sent me the email. I may be sober, but I'm not perfect. Um, I'm going to have to make amends for that one later. Anyway. Um, I'm really grateful that everyone's been here. I hope that everyone tunes in next week and sees our next incredible guest. And, um, I think that's about it. So grace and peace, my friends, everyone have a wonderful evening.